0: Welcome to season four of the Art of Brilliance podcast. For those of you who don't know us, we deliver world class training and webinars, and we also write amazing books on themes of happiness, well being, and human flourishing. At Art of Brill, we're on a mission to change the world, one person at a time. We pride ourselves on looking around at what everyone else is doing and not doing that. Which is why I'm excited, delighted and honoured to bring you something completely different. Brief backstory, during lockdown our boss Dr. Andy Cope had some extra time on his hands, so he delved into quantum theory and to cut a long story short, made a breakthrough in the time-space continuum that allows him to communicate through time. I know exciting (laughs) so in series four we're gonna push the boundaries of podcasting to bring you interviews with historical figures kind of like Bill and Ted except theirs were made up and ours are real we'll keep our original themes of happiness and well-being but wouldn't it be great to delve into history and look at happiness through the ages not guesswork Not through the eyes of historians looking back through time, but genuine accounts from living, breathing celebrities from yesteryear. Sit back, open your ears, and open your mind to the best and most creative podcast in the world.
1: Okay, folks, advice. Stop what you're doing, whack up the volume, right? I'm gonna do 90 seconds of intro to the broader stuff, and then I'm gonna introduce just the best podcast guest you will ever have. Right. So, very quickly about Otto Brim Brill. Just some local stuff. Obviously, we've got uh, we're into positive psychology, the science of human flourishing. So, in our DNA is to look around at what all the other training companies are doing and basically not do that. So, do things differently. Which this podcast is obviously an example. Nobody. Else, I mean, it's so creative, really. Nobody else has invented a quantum time tunnel, have they? Who takes you back into the past to interview figures from the past? No, they don't. Nobody else has. You've never heard of an interview with Vlad the Impaler about anger management before, and never. Heard um, Gandhi interviewed before have you and and his mantra of be the change so we do do things differently We've got a whole set of uh, new books and new postcards and new New posters and new t-shirts in the little shop of happiness So check out our website and there's loads of good stuff there, but the brilliant business brilliant schools brilliant uni's brilliant NHS It's we are rocking and rolling on the webinars and as people are creeping back to the office then obviously we'd love to see your teams face-to-face to reboot them post-pandemic. Anyway, that's the sales pitch out of the way. Um, I don't know how to introduce it, so I'll just shut up and crack on. Enjoy. Oh my gosh, loyal listener, warm welcome. I what a treat for your ears today right i'm so excited about the time tunnel it is the best invention ever it's been the best thing i've ever invented in the in lockdown so Recap previously right in a re- previous episode. I went back to 1920 and I spoke to Gandhi now Obviously, he had so much to say he made so much sense So today what I've tried to do is continue the theme and I wanted to find somebody with a similar kind of theme so I'm chatting to another revolutionary a global icon of the same Standing as Gandhi same DNA, but with a slightly dare I say smart address code remember now just remember this isn't a historical podcast so we might learn something from way back, but I'm a happiness researcher. That's my focus. Uh, now, I'm experiencing a few technical issues with the coordinates. So it's a bit blurry. am not exactly sure where or when. So my digital readout says USA 1960s, but I am sure about the who. So hold on to your pants, people, because <laughs> on the other end of the time tunnel, I have the one, the only, Dr. Martin Luther King.
2: Oh, man. You embarrass me. Uh, there ain't no way I'm a global icon. Uh, in fact, Dr. Future, uh, you caught me on a, on a bad day. Um, I got me those uh, collar wobbles, man. And, and, but before you interview me, uh, did you say you spoke to uh, Gandhi, uh, the actual Muhammad Gandhi? Sadly, uh, I never met him. Uh, he was a bit before my time. But, man, I've been so inspired by his story uh,
1: and words. Uh, What did the skinny guys have to say? The skinny guy. Well, he was in line with your themes of faith and nonviolence and non-cooperation.
2: Exactly. Uh, Where do you think I got my strategies from?
1: Uh, did you ask him about the salt marches? I did, I did, and for those who haven't listened, so basically Gandhi led a march through India and a non-violent protest actually against the salt tax. But the government, um, unfortunately, basically the British, we waded in and beat all his followers, and there were severe injuries and deaths. And yet none of the protesters raised an arm to protect themselves. So they took non-violence to the ultimate level. They basically didn't fight back.
2: Yes siree, and because they didn't fight back the British lost respect they lost the argument they lost the hearts and minds of their own people uh, they lost their their way uh, they lost the plot and they eventually lost India nonviolent one Hallelujah Dr Andy be the change uh, that's the way Gandhi's mantra
1: uh, I'm loving those three words awesome awesome so let's swing from India to the good old US of A so tell me Dr King because my coordinates are a bit blurry where are you and what date have I joined you at man I'm
2: in Washington DC uh, it's a hot day 27th of August in the year of our Lord 1963 and I don't mind admitting that I'm a bit nervous today, nervous as hell. Whoa, you, sir, the great man, nervous, nervous about what? Well, Dr. Andy, I got me a big speech in the morning. Uh, I feel like we're close to a breakthrough in uh, civil rights. Um, I've been fighting, non-violently, of course, uh, for equality and justice. Black Lives Matter, Dr. Andy. Uh, We want decent housing, uh, the right to apply for certain jobs, the right to vote, we're not asking for anything more than the basic human rights and dignity. Uh, this is a great country, but it don't treat the minorities very well at all. Uh, I can't stand by and watch it all happen. So I've rallied all some followers. Um, my speech tomorrow at the Lincoln Memorial, it's uh, make or break. It's going to be on TV and on radio. If I nail it, Uh, We'll grow the followers and the civil rights movement uh, moves to the next level. If I don't nail it, well, that don't bear thinking about. It'll be a wasted opportunity. A platform burn. I might even step down and and give up on my dream. You know, Dr. Andy, I'm sitting here working on some words, but I'm kind of stuck. You know, when you're so nervous, you can't even think straight. That's me. My thinking
1: is all bent and twisty. Oh, bent and twisty thinking. I I understand. I do understand. I mean, you've got a big opportunity tomorrow. They've given you a platform to address the nation. So what words have you written down so far?
2: Well, thing is, Dr. Future, uh, me and my team, uh, we've been working on a strategy. We got 48 pages of of document that signpost the way forward. Uh, We figured words is all... Well and good, but people need a plan. with uh, We have roles allocated and time frames set up. I think it's important that the audience knows we have a strategy. We don't want to come across as some two-bit amateurs uh, who are making it up as we go along. And so I was uh, going to start with something dramatic, like waving the document to the crowd and tell them this... <clears throat> i have a strategic plan with some service level agreements and a timeline we got a project manager and boy if we implement this strategy it's gonna change lives
1: and bring in quality to our great nation uh whoa whoa whoa. hang on mate stop stop right there dr king you have a strategic plan you're going to wave a bunch of papers at them? Look, look, Doc, Doc, let's part that, and let, let's come back to that later, okay? Personally, I think there's a better way to start your speech, but we'll come back to the, that at the end of our chat. So, meantime, I think the listeners might be interested in your backstory. So, how the heck does a kind of black guy from Atlanta come to be the leader of a revolution? So, and this is a happiness podcast, Dr. King, so maybe we should rewind, go back to your early years. Tell me about your upbringing. I mean, were you happy growing up?
2: Oh, sure. Uh, Mama and Papa brought me up just fine. I was happy. uh, Poor, but happy. I had school and church. I learned some sermons so I could quote them. I kind of still do. The good book, it has some good passages, if you know what I mean. As a teenager, this big mouth of mine would sometimes get me in trouble. I started to realize the society was made up of haves and have-nots. And that our black folk, uh, we're the have-nots, man. is cruel. Ghettos, no votes, no prospect of ever raising ourselves above the basic standard that the white guys set, set us in the first place. Uh, I don't know where the bar is in the future, but let me tell you that right now in 1963, America, uh, the minority bar, is set mighty low.
1: Yeah, look, I've read about it on the internet. I've seen pictures of the ghettos and the slums, and I'm guessing most of your community kind of tolerated the unfairness. But this is why I'm interested in you. You, You're different. You put your head above the parapet, so to speak. So tell me about the Montgomery bus boycott. I've I've just recently researched that. So tell me more.
2: Oh, man, Uh, back in 55, there was a 15-year-old schoolgirl called Claudette, and she refused to give her seat up on the bus. Uh, We have these uh, Jim Crow laws. I sure hope they've been abolished in your future. And there is segregation everywhere. Shops, beaches, housing, even on the buses. Blacks, not only are we not allowed to drive buses, but when we catch one, we have to give up our seats uh, to any white guy who gets on. Man, let me tell you, 75% of passengers on buses are black. Why the heck are we standing? Anyhow, Claudette made a stand by not standing up. And she got herself in a whole lot of hot water, but she was just 15, a minor. So the authorities uh, gave her and her family hell, but she never went to jail. But guess what? Claudette only went and inspired a lady by the name of Rosa Parks. Uh, six months later, uh, Rosa did exactly the same thing, man. Rosa refused to give up her seat to a white guy. And they came down on her like a ton of bricks. All hell broke loose, Dr. Andy. I supported Rosa. Hey, she was the tip of the very big discriminatory iceberg. Like I said earlier, Dr. Dr. Andy, I was inspired by Gandhi. Bit of change, man. So I was the change. I wasn't going to stand by and let stuff happen anymore. No siree. I stood up for what's right and I led on the Mon- Montgomery bus boycott.
1: Wow. You knew Rosa Parks. Mate, look, tell, if she's still around, can you please let her know that her courageous act actually makes her famous in the future? Now, tell our listeners more, Dr. King. So tell me more about the boycott. What was it and how long did it last and, and what impact did it have?
2: Well, it was simple. Uh, We avoided traveling by bus, period. By we, I meant black people. That's 75% of passengers, remember? Empty buses ain't good for business. We did it for a whole year until the bus companies, the white-run bus companies, were begging for us to come back.
1: Oh, this is the irony, Dr. Andy. They needed us <laughs> so so for a whole year. How on earth did you get around town? How how did the black people get to work?
2: Well, we walked, man, and the black taxi drivers uh, charged ten cent. Uh, this is exactly the same as the bus fare. Hey, and and this brought tears to my eye. Uh, some of the white families picked us up uh, from home in in their cars and and drove us to work. Uh, that gave me hope, Doctor Andy. Uh, even the whites began to realize that things were unfair. Uh, you said this talk is about happiness. Well, I'll tell you right here and right now, these breakthroughs make me happy. And I think it might be to do with purpose. You know, having a calling, finding your passion. And The good old God Almighty put me here to make a difference. And even though the job is hard, It gives me a reason to get up in the morning. Uh, The fire is in my belly, burning bright, Dr. Andy.
1: Whoa, well, but after the Montgomery boycott, you went to jail, right? I mean, you've suffered. You've actually been to jail? Hey, Doc, the
2: authorities have
1: been after me for ages.
2: FBI tapping my phone. They all be listening to this conversation right now. Uh, They've been following me, trying to discredit me, accusing me of stuff. And there's... uh, A vested interest, only in some of them, not all of them, in maintaining the status quo. So yeah, I done time, I've been stabbed, I've been hounded and followed and harassed and spied on. But like I say, for the first time in my lifetime, I genuinely feel we're getting somewhere. We've protested in Atlanta and Alabama I take it as a compliment that the FBI are trying to discredit me, calling me a communist, uh, which I ain't. I am an optimist, a pacifist, a radicalist. Man, I'm an equalist. Plain and simple, I'm a justice warrior. You know, a nonviolent man of Christian beliefs who thinks that all humans should have equal rights. I don't want to harm the white folk. I just want to give everyone everyone the the right they have. Um, How is having a black skin a crime? Uh, Why am I a second-class citizen? If the authorities are chasing me, that's because they're worried. They're stressed because my message is gathering momentum. Change, Dr. Andy. It's on its way. It's coming. Uh, Which brings me back to tomorrow's speech. Uh, i don't want to blow it man i need people on board with my strategy and i'm scratching my head as to as to how it's going to happen
1: whoa gosh that is powerful stuff dr king i mean reading between the lines you seem to be saying that if you have purpose so a reason why then you can keep going almost no matter what. So basically the barriers that are in front of you are there to test how badly you want to achieve your dream. You've got a huge civil rights goal. And while I sit here listening to your story, it seems to boil down to this question, a question to all the listeners, whether they're considering their own goals, right? And it's this, it's are you interested or are you committed? Now, the thing is, if you're interested, you'll find a way out and an easy excuse, but if you're committed, you'll find a way in. So for the listeners in the 2020s, what I mean is this, maybe your goal is to run a marathon or write a book. Now, you can be interested in achieving those goals, but that's not enough to sustain you. If you're you're just interested, you'll quit when the going gets tough. But if you're committed, well, that's different. And Dr. King, you're not interested in bringing about change in society. You're committed, mate. And that's why you stand out. That's why you carry on when others would have given up. Plus, and I think this might be a quote from a modern-day black guy, actually, uh, David Goggins, I got his book last Christmas, he's an American badass hard guy. He calls it, I think it's him, he calls it the law of Goya, G-O-Y-A, get off your ass, Look, mate, he's an action man and you're an action man, Dr. King. The hair's on the back of my neck and they're going crazy. The change you're talking about is so powerful and so needed and all that stuff you just told me. You didn't have a strategy for that, right? Montgomery, uh, Atlanta, Alabama. These peaceful protests happened spontaneously because you believed in the cause and you had charisma, that big voice of yours. It was super powerful in calling for action.
2: Hmm, I guess so. And my belief, my passion kind of woke people up gradually they joined me
1: and that's my point dr king they didn't sign up to a strategic plan with service level agreements and a timeline the people you need i doubt they're going to get emotionally stirred by you reassuring them that you've recruited a project manager Hey, look, I might be wrong, but I think it's it's about something much deeper than that. That big voice of yours. Why not combine it with that big heart and speak from there? You'll mobilise followers through your words. Your words are so powerful. But the future you speak of, the future where everyone is treated fairly and justly, a USA that you're proud to call home... Oh,
2: I dream of the future every single day, Dr Andy. That dream keeps me up at night. That's the dream that excites my passion. That's the
1: dream that ignites my excitement. I feel the dream is getting closer. Right, so here's an idea. Why not include that in your speech tomorrow? Why not leave the 48-page document at home, forget the strategic plan, and tell them about your dream?
2: Hmm, I kind of like the idea, sir. So instead of starting with I have a strategic plan and a projected timeline, I kind of I uh, I'll kick off with uh, something very simple. Uh, something true and from the heart Uh, how about I go with uh, uh,
1: "I have a dream hey hey that I like it those hairs on the back of my neck are alert again so let's dig a bit Martin Luther King tell me what exactly is your dream
2: oh hell man I have a vision of the future I can picture it now I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia the sons of former slaves And sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. Oh yeah, I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. (laughs) There's more. I have a dream. Then my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the colour of their skin, but by the content of their character.
1: Oh, dude, stop right there. I think you're on the right lines with that. I mean, jot those words down and include them and get them in there early on, right? And stay on that kind of theme and just see how it lands.
2: Man, I think I absolutely will. I feel the blockage is gone, Dr. Andy. My thinking is clear. I'm confident about tomorrow. Even if nobody turns up, I'm going to better
1: my speech. Mate, I've got a feeling that plenty will turn up tomorrow and that it'll go really well. But unfortunately, I can see the time tunnel is closing, so I've got to say my goodbyes and let you crack on with penning one of the greatest speeches of all time. In fact, maybe the greatest speech of all time. So thanks, Dr. Martin Luther King, for joining me today. Thank you, Dr. Andy Cope, for
2: inviting me to speak to the citizens of the future. You know, um, I do hope that uh, things have turned out better. Uh, Before I go, uh, are you allowed to tell me if my dreams come true?
1: Oh, mate, look, I'll tell you what, there's been progress. Um... If we look at your country, right, so you've got the rights are laid down and there is still a long way to go But rest assured you are making a difference. You have you your revolution is still there It's still going but I can't help thinking we need the 2020 version of you right now and over this side of the pond Oh man, it frustrates me. We make huge strides on racial issues and then we take several steps backwards. So look, Dr. King, it embarrasses me that some people still use skin colour to pick a fight. And I think the world has moved on, but our brains are stuck in olden times. So I've been studying psychology and sociology and a whole lot of other ologies. And to me, it looks like this, right? Humans have an inbuilt need to fit in. So we need to belong to something social, like a team, a tribe, a clan, a community, whatever. And communities stick together. So we still have black areas and brown areas and white areas. Like like I say, it's a million times better than it was. But recent events just make me grind my teeth, mate. I think your dream is also my dream. And I think it's a dream shared by 99% of the people. But as always seems to be the case, there's a tiny minority who make the news for the wrong reasons. And I'm slapping my forehead in frustration. So your question, has my dream come true? My short answer is it's still a work in progress, Doc. But enough people share the dream and enough people be the change, I think we'll get there. So, until we spark up the flux capacitor for next time, thank you for listening. I hope you've learned something. I know I certainly have. I think there are messages embedded in this podcast that apply to all human beings. You don't have to be the leader of a civil rights movement to apply the principles of purpose and passion uh, and finding a huge goal and getting off your ass and making something happen. Citizens of the 2020s, be the change and may all your wonderful dreams come true.
0: Thanks for listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell the world. A nice review would make our day. That's the very best way of getting like-minded people to tune into our very simple messages about happiness and human flourishing. If you've hated it, please keep quiet. Remember the world has enough negativity already. So be a lover, not a hater. Feel free to check out our training and the little shop of happiness at artofbrilliance.co.uk. Thanks again. See you next time for another amazing episode where we'll be sparking up the quantum time tunnel and chatting to a celebrity from history.